When will the Baltimore Ravens injured stars return to the field? We talk about that and so much more coming up next here on this Purple Friday edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you, as always, for being here and making us here on Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Game Time and with Game Time, you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's Purple Friday. The Ravens geared up for a Week 3 matchup with the Indianapolis Colts, and here to talk about plenty of Ravens topics. He is back, former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Super Bowl champion, Kadri Ismael and Q. The Ravens start off 2-0. They're undefeated, one of two AFC teams with that undefeated record. Now, injuries of hit them hard so far through those two weeks, but I think we're starting to see the offense settle in the defense under Mike McDonald was doing Mike McDonald things. And I think there's some encouraging signs. Yeah, this is uh, what the best uh, case scenario would have looked like, you know, the way the offense has been playing. uh, They started off, you know, kind of rusty, if you will, in the first week at the Texans. I think, um, you know, Lamar Jackson be the first one to tell you that, you know, not playing for such a long time, rehabbing his knee, then going through training camp without really playing a preseason game. Uh, it, it took him a minute to find his rhythm. Um, the new faces, they look like they fit in extremely well. Zay Flowers, I mean, goodness, he looked the part as far as just the way he was so confident in his run ability, the run after catch, making plays. Um, thought the offensive line, you know, did tremendous uh, for what, was going on with the, the Texans and their defensive front and their they're kind of like that bend but don't break uh, philosophy. Don't allow a, a clear running lane for Lamar Jackson just to go through. And yeah, as you said, like Mike McDonald's defense at home has just been phenomenal. I saw a stat. I think it was by uh, Jamison Hensley, our colleague over at ESPN, and he was saying that. You got to go back, uh, I think, like eight games into even last year and further back for uh, the Ravens to, I think they only gave up, uh, what, six total points or a touchdown maybe or something along those lines, you know, in points, given up, like period. Like the defense has been just playing flat out amazing at home. So to take that, to go on the road, and arguably one of the most challenging environments, which is Cincinnati, who has the last two years been playing out of this world amazing. You got a, a franchise quarterback who got paid, and you got talent just oozing all around him. Uh, <laughs> their defensive front is just spectacular. And then you look at what the Ravens did their first week, but then you look at 
you know, the way in which they had to deal with their own set of injuries on the offensive line, going up against a powerful defensive front. You knew that their secondary was still kind of being challenged, but oh, by the way, it got even further challenged by the Marcus Williams uh, news with the pectoral. And here we are, they're 2-0. Like, they took it to Cincinnati in every facet of the game. The only time I think Cincinnati really, quote-unquote, won the challenge, if you will, was the special teams with the punt return for a touchdown. And I think that was just a, a you know technical error as far as staying in your lanes and some assignments. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure Justin Tucker would have loved to have hit the 59-yarder a little bit differently, had the distance, but probably, you know, Felt like he could have hit it a little bit differently, but running the ball with a new center and Tyler Linderbaum being out. Uh, Patrick McCarry, uh, wait a minute, is Trey Henderson, is he still on Cincinnati? Oh, yes, he is. Has he been a Raven disruptor and killer? Yes, he has. Did he do anything against? No, he did not. So DJ Reader doing DJ Reader type things, I think not. When it counted the most, couldn't do it. Mustafer and the rest of the boys just handled their business, running the ball. I thought, you know, Todd Munkin, you know, it was funny because he even said it himself. And this is arguably my longest opening rant salvo ever, ever, ever. But it's deserving of it. Because Todd Munkin, mother of Pearl, we were like, oh, out goes all the things that is Greg Roman related. No, not so fast. Dude kept a lot of the principles and even put in some more as far as utilizing, uh, uh, who's our guy, Pancake uh, Pat. Uh, Pat Ricard, like just amazing job of utilizing him. But then also at the end of the game, when you needed to close it out, what'd you do? You go ahead, you bring in your big boy, Fa'alele, and just the way they did an over-shifting, imbalanced line and getting in 23 personnel and just closing out the deal. Just a fantastic, fantastic win in so many levels. Yeah, the, the long intros are the best. I love those, Q. You go in. Now, I don't know if that one tops the Cleveland one. You had a couple months ago where you just re- went in <laughs> on Cleveland. But, look, it is deserved because the Ravens, I think, I don't think you know they have doubters, but there were some questions that we needed yeah. to see. It's still early in the season. I think there are still some more questions to be answered. But for the most part, I think you're starting to see the offense settle in, Lamar settle in. And I think Todd Munkin, as you talked about, using his personnel – in the right situations, in the right moments, which is which is great. But you know, we're, we're going to put on a bunch of hats today. I'm really excited to just dive into all this. First segment here, and probably some of the second segments, we'll, we'll put on our stethoscopes and, and our doctor's hats. We'll talk about some injuries. Second segment, we'll put on those analyst hats, and we'll dive into how the Ravens have looked so far, kind of breaking down your intro a little more than in the final part of the show. We'll go and we'll talk about, we'll be meteorologists with the weather looking to impact this Ravens and Colts game. We'll preview that too. So we're, we're, you're ready for it. I see you're, you're getting ready. Let's get into the injuries though. I know you obviously have a background in the medical and, you know, workouts and how guys should train and the training background. The Ravens have been hit pretty hard 
with injuries so far. Pulling up the Thursday injury report is we're now here on Friday. The Ravens, nothing too much changed from Wednesday's day being clown and ended up returning to practice. Devin Duvernay went from limited to full. But Odo Beckham with the ankle did not practice for the second straight day. Justice Hill with the foot did not practice for the second straight day. Marlon Humphrey, Tyra Linderbaum, Rafa Owe, Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Williams. All didn't practice. So I want to get into just when these guys will end up returning to the field in your estimation. Let's start off with the new ones. Odell and Rafael Owe, both guys with ankle injuries. I know those can be a little tough to figure out, especially when, you know, Rafael Owe seemingly came out of nowhere, just wasn't playing. The Ravens didn't put out an update. But with those ankles, do you want to generally rest them for a couple of weeks just to be sure? Or is it more of a pain tolerance thing for those guys healing and coming back? Yeah, so we don't know the grading of it all, whether it's grade one, two, or three. Obviously, if it's grade three, they probably would be listed as out already. But um, I think for Adafe and for Odell, both ankle injuries, um, let's say if they're grade one, and that means that's, you know, a sprain, and it's, you know, it's kind of intact, if you will, ligament-wise and all that. Um, the fact that it's not a high ankle sprain, I think the, the Ravens, they have – healing modalities that are uh, aggressive and, and, and if they use them smartly, wisely, which I'm sure they will, um, it is a matter of can you tolerate just the way in which you got to move? Both guys have to move dynamically. The receiver position and the rush end position, very, very familiar because you're, you're leaning on a guy if you're a DN and uh, you got to have to elude a guy and that guy might lean on you if you are a wide receiver. So both guys, I think it's just a matter of, you know, the, the, the ability to be mobile and then pain tolerance. I think for Odell, um, not that I would be cautious or more cautious, but I think just because of his injury history and me wanting him <laughs> later in the season when it really matters and um, not saying that, you know, 3-0, with, with him or two and one without him. I'm not saying that. I think this team has is, is shown its resiliency, but uh, I would, I would, I would just say, yeah, you know, there's a, a lot more wiggle room for Odell. I think for Adafe, is it a scenario where you can take it? And if you can, then I think he needs to be out there. I think that, you know, it would be great to, to, you know, see him be able to, to, uh, to continue to progress. I mean, we, we we have such a small sample size of what he can do already. I think it would be good if he was already out there. Sure. Yeah, 100%. And I think, especially in this game, it's, it's almost like the conversation with Mark Andrews against the Texans. Do you want to take an opponent lightly? No, absolutely not. You don't want to take anybody lightly. But in terms of, you know, the Colts, probably not. It's not officially yet, but probably not having Anthony Richardson in this one. Gardner Minshew can beat you. I'm not saying he can't, but as opposed to divisional games like the Browns and the Steelers coming up, I'd rather have them miss this game and be healthy for the divisional ones, or at least more healthy as opposed to playing in this one, getting injured again, than having to miss even more time. But Justice Hill Q popped up on the injury report with a foot and toe injury thing. I think Jeremy Fowler was the one who reported that his status is in jeopardy for week three. And we now know he hasn't practiced for two straight days. I don't know if the Ravens classified as turf toe or anything, or just what the sprain or break or whatever it is. But based off what it is, is there a certain timeline you have for a toe injury coming back? Yeah, see, that's the tough one because you're talking about, you know, the digit where – and it depends on what digit. And I know that they're being very uh, close to the best with it, which is fine. I mean, 
if it's if it's the big toe and 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 that that big toe there's that's the anchor point you know that's the one where you're you're really just pushing off of and uh, trying to keep and maintain a powerful arch and so depending if it's digit wise the phalanges and uh, all that that's one thing if it is more like you know from a, from a foot aspect of a ligament wrapping around Liz Frank and all that then that's a little bit more uh, serious because it, you're talking about your ability to move and you're talking about your ability to protect yourself. You can't have any level of delay or hesitation. But the fact that they didn't put him on IR and the fact that, yeah, they did sign uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, which was fine, um, protect, you know, the team protecting themselves as far as depth. But I think this is a scenario where you know, they could be playing it a little, you know, close to the vest, not giving away anything just yet. But if they do move forward and feel like it's more than just, you know, something mild, then I could see Justice Hill being, yeah, uh, the first guy to be put on uh, IR of the guys that we just mentioned. You know, Q, when the Ravens signed Kenyon Drake, I, I like Kenyon Drake a lot. My heart dropped a little bit because they could have signed Devonta Freeman. They could have done it. They could have brought him back. And this this could have been the most legendary Locked On Ravens show in the history of Locked On Ravens. Now, is Kenny and Drake a better fit? Obviously, right now, yeah. Like, I'll admit, yeah. But just for the absolute pure hilarity that it would have been if it was Devonta Freeman, such a missed opportunity for us to have. I think what we're talking intros. I think that would have been one of the better intros we've ever had on this show. I think you might have taking over the intro if Devontae would have been re-signed. You would have been like, all right, Kyrie, you're going to sit back. You're going to listen to me rant. You would have went down his entire history going back to when he was in Little League, and then you would have probably talked about all his ex, uh, uh, his his highlights and, and all the things that made him uh, who he was and is, and you would have busted out your Devontae Freeman jersey then you would have said, fishy, here, you're going to have some extra fish food, and you're going to say, this is an ode to Devante. That's why you're named after him, Little Fish. And then you would have been like, okay, Kadri, I'll invite you on the show, and you could talk a little bit. Not much, but a little bit. Yeah, it would have been a party. 100% would have been a party on this show, for sure. Coming up in the second part, though, we'll be continuing talking about the injuries, when these guys could return, especially the guys that got injured in week one. Also, a little early eye test of how the Ravens have looked so far. So be sure to stay tuned. Lots to get to on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. And there are so many times where people can get super stressed out trying to buy tickets, where they're trying to find them last minute. You're hunting down the best price. Or even maybe competing with other buyers for a popular event. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be that stressful, though, because game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all of the fun that you'll have. And the game time app is super easy to use, and there are a lot of great events in the Baltimore area. Obviously, the Orioles getting ready for some playoff baseball. We'll, we'll see what their schedule is. Obviously, the Ravens are playing the Colts Week 3 at home at MT Bank Stadium, although the weather might be a little funky. But regardless... 
go to the game time app and look over there for all the Baltimore events. They have flash deals and last minute tickets. It's also easy to find and buy tickets for any kind of event in your area in that Baltimore area here. They have images of seat views and also the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Got exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater. And more, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110% of that difference as well. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Down the game time app, create an account, use code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code Lockdown NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Less minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostrecker here with Devonta Prima's number one fan, Kadri Ismael. <laughs> Q, let's get into the injuries from week one. Because J.K., he's out. I mean, speculatory there in terms of when he could be back and honestly what his future is in Baltimore after this season. Let's kind of start with him because I haven't had an opportunity to ask you about it yet. In terms of Achilles injuries, especially with how devastating the knee injury was for him going in and out of the lineup and just figuring out and getting that knee back to at least as full strength as it could have been. With the Achilles injury, how does that impact his long-term career? How does it impact maybe his future in the NFL and his future in Baltimore? Well, if there was ever a, oh, my gosh, you know, injury that that was bad, that's going to end your year and yet at the same time have kind of a silver lining, if you will, um, the Achilles is the one. You know, you can literally, I mean, I was well into retirement. I am was not even remotely even thinking about coming back. And sure enough, I was able to come back and, and run, move, train, do everything. Um, totally changed the way I even look at movement now because of the Achilles, which is great. So you look at uh, Ben Watson, you look at uh, Terrell Suggs, both, I think he did both of them. And they all come back to being able to run correctly. He can rehab it and he'll be fine. And he's such a, a stud athlete, like he'll be fine. But honestly, Kevin, the way in which your ankle and the foot platform moves within um, that foot platform has to be steady, the anchor point, and then the, the ankle has to be able to move and operate the correct way. If it moves and operates the correct way, then that means the hip is in good rhythm and alignment. And that's what actually protects for uh, against future you know, um, Achilles or any other non-contact, obviously, you know, a scenario like a Nick Chubbs where his foot, his heel gets stuck in the ground and he gets contact, you know, that's just a magnification. But uh, for JK, I think he can come back and I think he can, you know, still there's no doubt in my mind, you know, it, it's his will and his mind to feel like he can come back and be, you know, a dominant player. I think he can. And, and, off he should go uh, into that kind of positive mindset for himself. Yeah, and I know it's been a couple of very dark years for J.K. injury-wise, especially with how talented of a player he is and just how much he loves football. 
in general. I think he's one of the more competitive players on the Ravens and someone who, you know, to have that taken away from him, I, I feel I feel so badly for him. So obviously wishing a speedy recovery for JK. But Q, there are a trio of guys who I think had injuries that could have borderline been IR stuff, maybe not. Marcus Williams, John Harbaugh says, opts to not have surgery on the pec injury. So I know there was a lot of speculative you know, reports and news about maybe a torn pec, whether partial or full. But for Williams, it's almost like, well, if it was a pec injury or tear that was significant enough, you you would probably think you would be put on IR. And then obviously Ronnie Stanley having the knee injury and then Tyler Linderbaum with the ankle, both sprains. Do you feel like those guys can be back before that four-week IR period, which would have started last week, will be up? Honestly, I, I think for Tyler – the high ankle sprain does concern me. You do have to be extremely aggressive because there's not a lot of uh, blood flow down in, in, in the lower limb. Uh, that's why it takes so long to heal. Um, but at the same time, like I have seen uh, where you can, if you you know, know your um, fascial trains and through the fascial system, if you can you know, move it around well enough and, you know, utilize some of the modalities like microcurrent and uh, PEMF treatment, I think he could, you know, be back uh, like soon, soon. And that goes even for um, Ronnie Stanley's leg, although I know for him, he's probably of, of the group the more cautious just because of what he already went through with surgery and stuff along those lines. The Marcus Williams thing, again, I think it's a matter of, you know, the treatment, the healing, um, and then just his range of motion and what he feels, you know, from a, a protective mechanism. Is he going to – he'll more than likely wear a harness, uh, but what is he going to do? You know, he's such a ball hawk. I mean, is that harness going to, you know, inhibit him from catching and or what is his aggression and aggressive play going to be like you know, when it comes to filling in a gap to uh, make a tackle. And I know that Marcus Williams is a uh, running mate in that secondary. One of them, at least Marlon Humphrey has been out with the foot for a while now. I know there've been rumblings every week. Oh, could he come back this week? Could he come back this week? Mm -hmm. Obviously you want to have a bit of a ramp up for all these guys before they end up getting back on the field. But for Marlon Q, it's been about a month, probably a little over now since that injury first happened and he had that surgery do you feel like, again, since the Ravens didn't put him on IR, he's coming up on a game here, maybe week four or week five, where he's able to come back and play? Yeah, I, I think it's it's been uh, one of those cases where for Marlon, um, his mindset right off the bat, he, he thinks outside the box, which is great. Um, it, it looks like, you know, from day one, once the surgery was completed, he started being aggressive with the, the healing mechanism of it, which is great. And in my mind, all signs point towards him, you know, coming back sooner rather than later. And, you know, if he misses this week, so be it. Uh, the Ravens put themselves in a good position. You know, starting off 3-0 uh, would be just even a better, hey, take your time position because you are I'm telling you, like, other teams are going to be falling uh, off the map, you know, towards the end of the year. And the, the team that really can sustain themselves as far as their depth and as far as, you know, holding off injury, 
that's really where the good teams not only make the playoffs, but they go into that deep run. It's when you have those breakdowns in the depth chart and you have a, a, a guy who you were dependent upon him going out. That's what kind of breaks things up and makes it difficult for you as a team to to not only make the playoffs, but then once you make the playoffs, advance it through the playoffs. Yeah, it'd be awesome to have Marlon back for those two divisional games. So again, doesn't I would be pretty shocked unless today we see something on Friday where guys are able to come back full practice, although I would not anticipate that at all. I, I think the Ravens will want a bit of a ramp up for all these guys. So hopefully week four, hopefully week five, we'll start to get some of those injured stars back for the Ravens. But coming up in the final part of the show, two hats in one segment, putting on the analyst hat, talking about the early eye test for the Ravens. Then we'll put on the meteorologist hat, talk a bit about the weather, how it could impact this Ravens and Colts game. So be sure to stay tuned. Playing to still get to on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by Price Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun so many have had winning up to 25 times in Monday this football season. All you have to do is like two or more players pick more or less in their projected stats and place your entry. They have quick controls, easy game plan, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. Those are what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And maybe this week's on Price Picks, you could pick Lamar Jackson going for more than his yard total. Maybe Zay Flowers has been killing it for the Ravens, maybe more than his projected touchdown total. There are so many different offers over on Prize Picks, and they offer weekly promotions as well, particularly in the big payouts like Taco Tuesday, which each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And Price Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. We are back rounding out locked on Ravens with Kaiju Smile. I am Kevin Ostriker. In Q, through two weeks, I think, again, there's still a couple questions that you could point to. The pass rush has been somewhat inconsistent, although I think Jadavian Clowney's played really great football for him. But again, you kind of mentioned it in your intro. The offense started slow in the first half of the Houston game. There was an adjustment made by Todd Munkin to really get guys in position. Then the Bengals game, I think, was one of the best games of Lamar's career. The offensive line played great. What are your eyes telling you about this Ravens team through two weeks? I just think that they have the swagger. They're backing it up. Guys, I think, are motivated because they feel like my number is going to be called. Um, I'm going to get opportunities. Uh, I mean, heck, Devin DuVernay almost makes this one-hand catch. You know, you can see where the Bengals defender pulls his other hand because, you know, he, he had it. If the guy didn't pull his other hand, I think he would have been able to wrap it, grab it, and it would have been a score. Um, but Zay Flowers has been balling. You get Odell, who had been making plays himself, but then he goes down. You know, Nelly, for him to go in the game, catch babies, I mean, that's just amazing. I, I just, wow. You be a baby catcher when you need to be, and and we we, we are talking depth. Uh you know, bait is going to do bait type stuff and just snatch the ball out of the air. As much as I am not a hater, uh, it was good to see Mark Andrews being Mark Andrews, making some strong plays. I know Charlie Kohler had his opportunity in week one, didn't take advantage of it. He got inactive. Here comes Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews 
was phenomenal. Uh, Mark Andrews, like, wow, he looked apart. And I'm sure he's going to say there were some plays that i love to have back, but uh, <clears throat> him in the red zone, all that. I think he and uh, Odell are going to have to work on the scramble drill uh, as far as who is going to be the favorite for uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. But, yeah, I, I just think guys feel like they're going to be involved. The running guys, if I'm a running back, I'm like, yo, I mean, I'm not getting a ball on it on in the screen game. And did you see the way Lamar was so just uh, in tune? Like he felt the rush coming up on him. He knew he had to wait a, a, a millisecond. And then he kind of like eluded the guy and did, then flipped the ball out to Justice Hill. And Justice Hill does his thing. So goodness gracious. I mean, all of it. I love, I love the way he's mixing up personnel. I love the way he's, you know, doing a lot of shifting, a lot of motion. Pancake Pat, you know, we thought he was left for dead in a salary cap casualty. Well, he just comes back and does what he does, and he's a, a major contributor to the way the offense needs to function and operate. Um, man, I mean, that, that was as good of a game as I saw from Lamar Jackson orchestrating all of it. And when you needed it the most, running game was on point. Lamar Jackson with, you know, some really awesome scrambles on uh, – not scrambles, I think they were more design runs, but on like third two, I know the one that he got, uh, he said he had a little stinger-ish on his hand or whatever. But that was like as big of a run as it was. And, uh, you know, just an all-around game. You know, I just thought that, uh, you know, Todd Munkin, you know, talked about it, defending 53 and a third. You know, that's what you want. And that's what it was. And, and that's where I think – you know, this team has like it, it should be optimistic when it comes to what the Ravens are going to be presenting as the year goes on. I think they're only going to get better. Yeah. And I know that every game cue, every, every team that has to play Lamar, there's always that, oh, he escaped this play. But, you know, we had him dead to rights and he did, did everything perfectly. And then Lamar makes it like a 15 yard game. It felt, like <laughs> yeah. it felt like he was doing that almost every single play the Bengals got to him in the back of the Bengals had. I can't remember one one sack, two sacks. It wasn't a lot, if any. No, but no, it seemed like no. I mentioned him ducking under the corner blitzer and flipping to Justice Hale, and him on that run again. The Bengals, I think, to their credit, they had guys covered on some plays, and Lamar just cooked them with his legs. Guys got there, and it felt like this was one of the more, the more I don't even know how to put it. It felt like he was doing it more often than we've seen him do it. Not that he doesn't do it at all, but Lamar is just that guy where he just makes the defense so frustrated because you're like, we did everything we could and he still did this to us. So it was really funny to see him do that. And it's just stuff we're used to at this point. Like we've seen him do it so often. We're like, Oh, that's just Lamar. Like the Lamar, Lamar we know Lamar can do that, yep. which I think yep. is, is a funny part of it too. But all right, Q, let's do our best to put on our uh, meteorologist hats here. Let's talk about the weather. We're transitioning into week three against the Colts. Could be a little bit of an interesting weather game as there's supposed to be a tropical storm that's heading up through the East Coast and it's going to hit Maryland. I think it, the reports are saying late Friday night it's going to arrive in Southern Maryland and then there are going to be heavy rainfall and gusty winds through about Sunday morning, 11 a.m., like 10, 11 a.m. I don't know if that'll continue into the afternoon. The Ravens obviously kicking off at 1 p.m. against the Colts. But has the, has an opportunity to be a very wet game, a very windy game. And Lamar has talked about this before, where for him, the elements do affect. And it affects everybody. It's not just Lamar. But the wind, and I think it's more, I think we've talked about this before, Q. I don't think it's necessarily the rain 
it's it's also the win. Both things have an impact, especially for quarterbacks. It almost reminds me a little bit of maybe what the San Francisco game was back in 2019 for him. Oh, come on now. That 2019 game was sweet. I oh, like yeah. it. Uh, so, you know, I, I think part of it is, is as long as it's not cold, rain, wind, you know, those that's the that's the trifecta that you just don't want to ever have. Cold, rain, and wind. Uh, you can deal with one of them separately. You can deal with two of the three, but you can't deal with all three. So rain, you got, you know, technology with rain-type material gloves. I've seen them and used them. They work. The cold is not seemingly like it's going to be cold. So that's good. The wind, I think, yeah, can affect uh, it as far as like tracking a ball and maybe, you know, seeing it off kilter. And you're probably not going to be taking as many deep shots. But ball security becomes an issue too. You know, you can get kind of fancy with the spices and it slips out of your hand or somebody can easily punch it out. I think those are some of the things that you got to be really careful and mindful of when you're talking about the weather conditions and what it'll have an effect on the game and clearly special teams, like that's going to be huge. Feeling a punt, my God, man, you could have a big play go uh, wiry wrong in a minute and and you you just like, what the heck? You know, you had it, you didn't. Obviously, Justin Tucker, one of the things that he was drafted to do and the reason why he changed his kicking form to be the most accurate kicker in NFL history. It's literally his straight ball. It knifes through the wind. And I think that's something that, you know, will be uh, on full display. Yeah. And I think people are saying that the rain will end up tapering off by the time the Ravens kick off at 1 PM, but you, you know, the weather, you can't meteorologists do a great job, but obviously it can take a turn at an unexpected time and something can happen. And honestly, even if the rain does taper off, it's going to be raining. So what are the field conditions after when it rains? Maybe guys will be slipping and everything's slippery for them. So maybe it will be a game featuring more runs, especially if the wind and the rain is still there by the time the Ravens kick off at 1 p.m. But how are you feeling about the game in general, Q? It feels like the Colts are going to have a couple of key guys, including Anthony Richardson. Obviously, the final injury report at the time of this recording hasn't come out, but Richardson in the concussion protocol, Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson – Two of the Colts' top offensive linemen haven't practiced on Wednesday and Thursday. They might be out of this one as well. Feels to me like the Ravens should be able to handle business. What are your predictions? Well, let's let's hold off when it talks about those offensive linemen not being ready and all that because that's exactly what the Bengals thought. I'm sure Trey Hendrickson was like, oh, yeah, my stats are about to be amazing. And then all of a sudden you look at his stats, you're like, yeah, you don't got no stats. Oh, wait a minute. No, you don't. Do you have a tackle? No, you don't have a tackle for loss. No, no. Do you have a sack? Oh, because you know you had the high motor and all that. Yeah, well, your motor ran out. You need better oil. Okay. I think this game is such the trap game for this Ravens ball club because you can get relaxed and comfortable. Your defense playing just out of this world amazing. You got a rookie quarterback. Can that rookie quarterback run? Yeah. You know, who knows if they're going to adjust or not adjust because of him with concussion protocols as far as some of the, the design runs. Steichen is a guy they brought in to develop 
um, Richardson in this RPO type of a flowing offense, very similar to what you know, the Ravens do. Mike McDonald company are going to have to play very smart. The consistency is what we're looking for to get to 3-0. It's hard. This is the league. They got arguably the best linebacking depth core in the National Football League. Don't sleep on this Colts ball club. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't sleep on anybody, especially because, look, people at halftime of that Texans game, 7-6, to six, like, oh, my God, this is not how it should be looking. It's the, it's the Texans. And I said, yeah, they're a, foot, they're a NFL football team. Like right? Exactly. Like, the, this is the National Football League. This isn't like, oh, we're just going to blow them out. We're just going to show up because, you know, they got it. Well, C.J. Stroud got help. It's called veterans. And all I know is they played a very competitive game. Yeah, 100%. So I, my prediction yesterday was uh, 29 to 19. I'll, I'll change it to 28 17. I still think the Ravens take care of business uh, with the, the uncertainties surrounding Anthony Richardson and Minshew probably being the guy for them. We'll see how the offense goes. Minshew's a veteran, although he had, I don't think he had a great time when he played last time in MT. Or he might have played again, but that Kenny Young hit that uh, he took in the preseason was uh, pretty, pretty nasty. So we'll see what happens there. But Q, I appreciate you hopping on. Thank you so much for, for joining me. And again, 3-0 would be huge, especially with the Bengals being 0-2. There's uncertainty to running Joe Burrow to Sean Watson, Kenny Pickett. Don't look very good right now. The Ravens have an opportunity to continue stacking and head into week four and week five, two divisional games undefeated, which would be big. Yeah, that's going to be huge. I, I think, you know, as you're saying, like, we need to see them stack a win. This is an opportunity to stack another win and, and bring some separation because then you're looking at, what is it, Detroit, then Pittsburgh, right? Or Pittsburgh, think, then Detroit? Well, it's Cleveland in week four, Pittsburgh week five, Tennessee week six. Thank you. Detroit's week seven or eight. I can't remember which, but Detroit, Detroit's gotcha. a team that, you know, Hopefully it's an NFC game, so it doesn't, you know, it's not an AFC conference game, but they have, well, they have that, that stretch. That's what I was saying. Like you're you're gonna play against other good teams in the AFC that that are really gonna, I think, you know, if shoot, come out of this uh undefeated as far as your division or one loss in your division. Man, I mean that that that's 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 awesome. That's what you want. Um I don't even want to talk about what the one loss would look like. So I'm not even going to talk about that. Leave me alone. We'll save it for another day. All I know is right now you got the Colts and get to 3-0. It sets some things up for you. Yeah, it'd be huge if they could. And it will put them in a really good position early in an AFC conference that I think everyone means more a little bit, a little bit more this year because just how competitive I think the conference is going to be when it comes down to playoff season. So if the Ravens can win their division, get themselves in the playoffs, it starts with going hopefully 3-0, and maybe 2-1 and in the division over these first five weeks here. But Q, I appreciate it again. Thank you so much for hopping on. And when we get back here on Sunday after the game, we'll be live streaming, breaking down everything that happened in that Ravens week three matchup with the Colts. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here then on Lockdown Ravens.